The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my And welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tack. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello. Hello. Wow, that was rambunctious. Yeah, that was a bunch of. <laughs> On this podcast, <laughs> we celebrate classic iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do here, Jimmy, as you know, yep. we take the episode. <laughs> We do. We break it down. Hell yeah. We send it off for a fun, relaxing weekend in a jailhouse where it learns lessons from the school of hard knocks. All for you, the listener. Mm-hmm. On today's episode, we take a look at Maud, season three, episode five, entitled Speed Trap. Mm. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Mod is available to stream on Pluto TV, sort of, kind of. Yes. Well, season one and two, anyway, and kind of, kind of Amazon Prime! Prime! But that also only has seasons one and two. So we apologize for assigning this homework, but... We had to go to dailymotion.com to watch this yep. one. It's on there. It's on there. So For free. For yeah. free. <clears throat> but it's like reversed. Did you notice that? It was like reversed. <laughs> I did notice that, yeah. Which we would not have noticed if there hadn't been writing. <laughs> yeah. Because we would have been like, why is their living room backwards? Because we've never <laughs> seen the show. the hell? <laughs> What's the deal? So anyway, so how was your week? Not too bad. Fun as wine. Kind of chatty. No, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How about yours? You're lying. Well, we just had uh, Easter weekend. We did. You are correct. In the United States, we did. In Europe, they sell it. They celebrate. I think a week later. Well, that's weird. But mm-hmm. he has risen, and that's the only time he has risen. Yeah, but over there, I think you know he hasn't risen yet. So. Oh, European Jesus, like rises. Yeah, European Jesus later. on different schedule. Oh. Well, they they sell in some kind. Not all. Not all of Europe, obviously, but in some of the countries, like like Christmas, they celebrate in January instead of December. So. It's the same as Easter. Is that like the whole because of like siesta stuff? Man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Tagging Jimmy on European customs. I think Um, because boats were so slow back then, it took like a week for uh, the news to get over here. Oh, right, 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 right. That makes sense now. Okay. Well, no, then it would be the opposite. No. I don't know. I don't even know anymore. But uh, anyway, we had a big family get together, but unfortunately, I was not able to attend because I was feeling down in the weather a little bit, and I didn't want to uh, infect anyone. So, uh, as a precaution, I stayed home that day, which is we're all in the weather attack. Oh yeah, that's true. Hmm. I actually wasn't in the weather because I was in the house. True. So (laughs) you are correct. Yeah. But uh, what did you do over Easter weekend? I'll tell you what I did not do. It's going to be a list. I didn't go. I didn't go to a certain guitar music center. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Uh, and I didn't even buy any amps or guitars or nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yeah, I worked on my guitar, but I did not buy one. <laughs> well, that's good. Yes. Good, so good, that's, good. that's 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 nice. Just cinch it. <laughs> cinch it. 
Yeah, we went over to the in-laws' house for Easter. Yeah, where my six-year-old, um, you know, looked around for a bunch of Easter eggs. What's hilarious is we didn't hide any. We just told him we did. Uh, the poor stupid. kid ran around for four hours. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we we used the, the plastic eggs, and uh, and they were filled with candy, which was kind of confusing because my six year old does not eat candy, hmm. so he enjoyed finding the eggs. But he he likes lollipops, and some of them had lollipops on it. So, well, my family does like the parents and all that they do for all the kids and stuff. They do um, the plastic eggs, but with like money in it and stuff. Yeah, Megan's mom did that for the for the older kids, which actually was really nice because um, even though we couldn't go to the get together, they -hmm. still gathered a bunch of food, and then uh, my stepmom brought it over to the house. And then that little gathering of stuff was even like some eggs for my son with like cash in it and stuff like that. It was super easy to find because it was right there in a bag. So I was like, "This is kind of cheap." No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. kidding. No, she listens. I'm so sorry. But uh, no, it was a very nice thing to do. And I appreciate it. You know, I just got a text right before we recorded. She she said, uh, she goes, um, um, no, we don't want to be peeled. Thank you very much. Peeled? Yeah. Took me a second too. Remember last week we were discussing your, your potato peeler. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I said, peel pears. And you said, peel parents? What? And I was like, no, oh. pears. And and then we made a joke about peeling parents. And <laughs> <laughs> no, we I do still haven't tried that yet. I want to try it. I'm really, I've never been that excited about a t- potato peeler. So I really yeah. want to try it. I don't think, I don't think anybody ever has. Well, well that's everybody. not true. John Potato Peeler, when he made the first one. That's true. Yeah. 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 Because you know he named after himself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. All right, so this week we're discussing mod. So, mod, yes. what is your history with mod? Um, I don't really have one. I always thought it was a really dumb name for a show. I'll I'll, I'll go out and say <laughs> it. Um, and the lady on there, I can't remember what her name. I can never remember the lady's name, but she reminds me a lot of my mom, B. B. Arthur. <laughs> yeah, she reminds me a lot of my mom. Um, for sure. Yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, that's that's about it. What about you? Like uh, just like we had said last week, neither one of us have any history with the show. Um, mm-hmm. I w- I knew what it was. I just knew I knew it was a show in the seventies and had B. Arthur in it. That's it. That's right. all I knew about it. Um, had never seen it, even a like a frame of the show. Right. And uh, but yes, that's definitely your mom. There's a a scene in it where, well, which we'll talk about when we get to the scene where. B. Arthur does this laughing face that looked just like your mom. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's your mom's laughing face. I was like, yeah, wow. We'll, we'll see it later. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's always reminded me. Of, my mom was shorter, obviously, than because yeah. B. Arthur, she's like, what, 18 feet tall or something? Yeah, she's like six um, foot 13. I think. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, my mom was – why do I say obviously? Like, everybody knows what my mom looks like. Um, my mom was shorter than, you know – six foot 13 so yeah i kind of feel the same way or i felt the same way about this show as i did when i was a kid and i heard the the show cheers um cheers and barney miller and taxi and all those yeah they had such boring theme songs they were so <laughs> dull no no, no. and the Hill name Street was blues. stupid too Hill yeah. Street blues yeah and the name was stupid too it's like cheers really and you hear the theme song, you're like, everybody knows. I'm like, oh my God, this show must suck. But and it was know, the same like, way with Taxi. And it was the same way, like you said, Barney Miller. So it's like, oh God, why do you watch these dumb shows? Yeah, it's so, like saxophone. It seems to yeah. me like remembering back as a kid. Well, first of all, the Cheers theme song is awesome. 
But yeah, but like the not rest when of you're them, like seven. No, no, right. Yeah. But like I remember, if you hear like these theme songs now, it immediately takes me back to being like seven, eight years old. And when I hear the theme songs, I know it's time for bed. <laughs> it's like, right, right. Yeah, this is bedtime music. Just hearing the saxophone going or something like that. It's See, for sad. me, it's like great. Now I got to be quiet because mom and dad are watching that <laughs> stupid TV show. Yeah. Ding yeah. ding ding <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> Like, oh, God. Yeah. And, and like, like that saxophone. Right. Peter Jennings just got done with the news, and now it's time to watch fucking Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. I know what you mean. So this show, to me, was the same. It's like, Maud. Oh, God. Such a dumb name. So <laughs> We understand it's Beer Arthur's character's name, right? <laughs> right. I know. I know. But still, it's just such a. Yeah. It's like, what would be a good name for a show? I don't know. Doug? Well, I guess that was a show, but. <laughs> Jason? Why not? They both sound Susan? like good names for shows. They're not Maud. Maud. Maud, yeah. Maud. Just, sounds just weird. call it Eunice. <laughs> um. Eustace. Okay, so now that you've watched it, what do you think? Would you watch another? Um, yeah, I would. Um, I thought it was yeah. uh it was really weird to see Conrad Bain, like the way he was Anim- in this animated? episode. Yeah, animated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like being goofy and especially yeah. when he was like Oh, he's been a good boy. You know, just like that was kind of funny. And yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was like, well, this is weird seeing him like this, but okay. Um, I thought Walter was really good too. Um, it was, I didn't realize the the acting range of B. Arthur, you know, being able to look pissed, you know, yeah. like to be grumpy. Like I, I had never seen that side. Oh, wait, that's right. That's all she ever does, isn't <laughs> I was it? I just going to say, what? Um, that's her whole character yeah. in Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a stretch for her to <laughs> we wonder where, what place she goes to um yeah. hector elizondo did you recognize him at all no i'm but sure my if wife was like hey old. is that hector elizondo i'm like totally duh who <laughs> wouldn't know that fucking tell? <laughs> I, I didn't know who that was she's like he's in this and he's in that I'm like, she probably right. said princess diaries is probably the most she did yeah. mm-hmm. but he was also on uh tim allen's last show last man standing um, he's like 90 something years old and still going. He does not look 90 something years old. He looks like 70 something at least. She said a certain director or whatever. He's in all of his movies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's the same director that did princess. Diaries. also did. Yeah. Also did pretty woman. Um, yeah, that's what he was in pretty woman that. as well. And you know, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's awesome. But I thought he was hilarious in this show. Did you <laughs> agree? And like, he was pretty, yeah, funny. it wasn't too bad. He was pretty yeah. funny. He was the cop, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, I wish I would. He was in more episodes because I really liked his character the best. But yeah. um, and also the inmate too. He was hilarious. Also, well, the other guy, not Conrad Bain, but the other guy. I swear that he had played B. Arthur's husband in Golden Girls. I swear he did. But then when when I looked it up on IMDb, I didn't see him. Right. I actually thought the same thing too. Yeah. I was like, isn't that? And I and now the name escapes me. Escapes me like what her ex-husband's name was <clears throat> on the Golden Girls. But anyway, didn't matter. But I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, is that the same guy? And yeah. Then I, and then I was like, I tried looking it up too. And I was like, no, now that I remembered what he looked like, I'm like, no, nah, they don't look alike at all. But one thing I did think, the guy who plays Walter, I was like, is that the guy that plays Grandpa Joe and Willy Wonka? I don't think so. And then uh, it's not. <laughs> he was in <laughs> The Jerk. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that on there, and I was—I yeah. remembered. I was like, "Oh yeah, he is in the jerk." That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I liked. I thought he was pretty good. Um, I like his like 
New York accent. I don't know. It just fits him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's Overall, cool. though, I liked it. And I would probably check out more episodes. Possibly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge B. Arthur fan, but. No. It'd be interesting to see her, like, you know, play something other than just a grumpy woman. And Rue McClanahan, seeing her, like, in that vulnerable kind of character. Right. It was, right, like, right. totally opposite of how she is, like, you know, on Golden Girls. Right. It was kind of weird. You mean slutty? <laughs> slutty and sure of herself, like, on Golden Girls, where this one, yeah, she yeah. was just, like, very vulnerable and, like, didn't give a fuck. and was just like, eh, meh, hmm. whatever. I don't care. Yep. She was in a show called Nonsense. Yeah. My theater nerd side coming out uh, where she played Reverend Mother. She played a nun. Hmm. That's the show <clears throat> that I um, stage managed and I um, and I got to try Vichy Swasoup Soup that we had talked about a few episodes ago. Oh, it was yeah, the show yeah. Nonsense, but yeah. she she did a, um, a video version of it where she played Reverend Mother. So she sang the whole night. I didn't realize she was a singer. So you did a show with Ray McClanahan. Interesting. You know, no, I didn't, like do <laughs> no, I didn't do it with Ruben Clanahan. No, I didn't do it with Ruben Clanahan. I did it with another cast. Um, I know that. But what's funny is we were we were setting up to do the show, and I was up in the lighting booth, and two real nuns walk in. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, we're going to hell! Like that's all there is to it. Like we're mm-hmm. going to die. Like, and uh, so I went back to the cast, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you guys, but we just had two actual nuns walk in. And they're like, are you sure they're just not people in costume? <laughs> no, no. Trust me, these are nuns. And they're like, oh my God. But what was funny about it was they were laughing in places that we didn't know it was a joke. Mm. Yeah. Like we really truly didn't know there was a joke there. And they were like cry- the two women, women in the middle row, like laughing their asses off. Like, so yeah. it was pretty interesting. We talked to them after the show and they said, there's a lot of biblical and, and a lot of jokes in there that only nuns would get. She's like, they're actually really funny. Like, hmm, that's cool. Okay. It's kind of funny. Like when I was working at a, uh, a retail store that we, I worked at Aaron's, Aaron's house and lease, you know, and, uh, where we used to do, we'd lease out furniture, appliances, electronics, computers, it's right? Like a commercial, but that's what we did. And, um, we had this one customer that, um, was having a, he came in and he was like, uh, Hey, I'm having an issue with my TV or something like that. Is there any way get somebody to come look at it? And we're like, yeah. So we set it up, and then me and this other guy actually were the ones that went out there looking at him. Now, this guy's a priest, and uh, okay. he's always come in in his you know, priest uniform and all that. And so we went over to his house to check out the TV and make sure it was working okay. And he also had a PlayStation 4. And I was like, huh. I just didn't picture a priest like playing PlayStation, you know. Mm-hmm. He lives alone, so... It's just him there. And so while the other guy is talking to him and trying to figure out what's exactly going on with the TV, I'm just kind of standing there and I'm kind of looking around. I'm like, and he had like a row of like DVDs and like PlayStation games and stuff sitting there. <laughs> I was like, what is a priest watch and play on PlayStation? So I'm looking through the games. I'm like, Grand Theft Auto, really? Like, this priest plays <laughs> Grand Theft Auto? And I was like, Debbie does what? No, I'm just kidding about that one. But, <laughs> but they were like, regular movies, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like anybody else would watch. But I just was really shocked to see GTA there. And I was yeah, like, that's funny. Huh. 
I saw you ever see that video where they bring GTA to a nursing home and let a bunch of older people try it? <laughs> no. That's pretty funny because all of them kind of pretty much say the same thing. They're all just like, okay, this is super fun, but this is a horrible game and nobody should play it. <laughs> but it's really fun. And another one, they brought it to a police precinct and had police try to outrun the police in GTA. <laughs> and they said the same thing. Like, this is a great game, but this is nobody should be playing this. This is horrible. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've droned on long enough. I think so. So let's take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to really break this mod down. I don't know if that was a joke or not, but, <laughs> but uh, we'll be back. Hey, Gen Xers, get the news and podcasts that matter to you on Rediscover the 80s. Each week, hosts Jason and Wyatt deliver two shows that will connect you with the past. First, listen to the 80s weekly newscast with retro pop culture headlines from the world of movies. They are actually trying to reboot The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. Streaming. Transformers Earth Spark. What did you think, man? It looked interesting, but it looks like it's another spin-off of the Rescue Bots. Collectibles and more. They made Tina Turner into a Barbie. Then listen to Memory Jogger, featuring memories from the 80s and early 90s. We're going to spin the old randomizer tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin it. <laughs> Ooh, a big one. Transformers and GoBots. Star Wars. Ooh, we might be here a while. <laughs> Robin Ooh. Williams. What a tribute. Yeah, Robin Williams. Ooh, oh, grandparents. Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox. PSA commercials. PSA commercials. Ooh, okay. Listen to both shows now on Rediscover the 80s. Search now in popular listening apps or stream from your browser at rediscoverthe80s.com. The 80s Weekly and Memory Jogger. Two shows that will help you rediscover the 80s. And we are back. Yes. Yes. All right. So we got Maud. Mod. Season mod, three, mod, episode five. Season three, episode five, entitled <laughs> Speed Trap. Ooh. Let's get into it. Facts about the episode. First aired on October 7th, Jimmy, 1974. Wow. That was just a little over, a, a little bit less than two months before my bouncing ass came out of my mommy. <laughs> and a beer, Arthur? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you to go, damn. You does, the, do does the B stand for? No, man. <laughs> Written by Norman Lear and Elliot Schoenman. Schoenman. Norman Lear sounds familiar. It does. Hmm. And directed by our man, Hal Cooper. Our man. Yeah. So not according to IMDb, because IMDb is stupid and didn't have anything on this episode whatsoever. So I had to look things up on Wikipedia. Oh, damn. So you know what's accurate. <laughs> so this is just general stuff about the show, not about this episode. Right. So it says Maud is actually kind of a spinoff of All in the Family. Really? I don't know. That. Interesting. Yeah. B. Arthur played the title character in two episodes of All in the Family as Edith's cousin. Oh. 
you know, the show often tackled a lot of topical and political issues such as abortion, suicide, alcoholism, and drugs. Wow, interesting. Yeah. In season four, Maude had a session with an analyst in which she revealed insecurities about her life and marriage and talked through memories from her childhood. The oh. episode was a solo performance by B. Arthur. Damn, that's interesting. Kind of reminds me of that episode of Family Ties. Remember Michael J. Fox kind of did the same thing? Yeah, it was all black behind him. Yeah, yeah. And he the was dark stage. Because yeah. mm-hmm. his best friend died who we've never met or heard of before on an episode. Yeah, exactly. Well, Skippy. Skippy's his best friend. What the hell is he no. talking about? Skippy ain't, Skippy's alive and well, man. He's doing stand up. No. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish Michael J. Fox wasn't a liar. <laughs> that's all I had for interesting things about the show. The rest of it's boring. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but, uh, so this episode stars B. Arthur, Bill Macy, Rue McClanahan, Conrad Bain. Hector Elizondo and Al Freeman Jr. as the jailhouse inmate. Interesting. So, like Jimmy, you were doing last time, I'll give a little background of the characters. I don't really have much, but like Maud is married to Walter, okay. Vivian is married to Arthur, and okay. Vivian and Doctor Arthur live next door to Maud and Walter. Who are Walter and Arthur married to? What? <laughs> I'm, teasing, I'm joking. It was a joke. I get it. I get it. Do you? So, one thing I was kind of disappointed in um, right. was the episode we watched didn't have the theme song in it for some reason. I noticed that, yeah. But there is a really great theme song because I've actually heard the theme song before because they made fun of it on Family Guy. Because oh. it was like, <laughs> it was like, and then this person, and then this person, and, da, 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 and the, the, the chorus of the song goes, and then there's Maud. But it is like this big oh, I think build I have up. heard that. So. They were straight up spin rhymes there, weren't they? <laughs> and then there's uh and then Maud. there's Moss. Yes, we just heard that. <laughs> this is a family guy one. Sorry, it was all intro. Oh look, it's one of those early mod episodes with a really long opening <laughs> credit sequence. <laughs> Country. That isn't easy, even if you're a 
And then there's more. Oh, come on. <laughs> and then there's more. Amelia Deal. Wow, Pete. <laughs> That's wrong. <sighs> so, yeah. Oh, He's a silly bitch. <clears throat> All right, so you ready to fade in? And then I am ready to fade in. People can now hear that I know what the music sounds like. <laughs> Maybe we can hear the music just a little bit again. That's true. All right. Got to harness your chi. Okay. And then we fade in. Ooh. <laughs> And then there's our story. Our story <laughs> opens up with Maud following her husband Walter down the stairs. Maud says, Oh, it's a dirty trick. Walter says, No, it isn't. Maud argues, Yes, it is. It's a dirty, rotten, miserable trick. As Walter opens the closet door, he says, No, it isn't, Maud. Come on, for crying out loud, it's five o'clock in the morning. What do you want to do, wake up the whole neighborhood? Maude angrily states, oh, please, you can't make me moan, let alone scream that loud. See, that's to me, that's a better joke than what they had in there. <laughs> it would be funny, but that's not what she said. She says, yes. She then opens the front door and yells out, that's way better. Attention, neighborhood. Walter Finley is leaving his wife so he can unwind in the woods. Then all of a sudden, a neighbor yells back, with your mouth, I don't blame him. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Maud yells back, knock it off, Greenblatt. Maud then steps back inside and slams the door. Is that like a derogatory term for somebody? I assume that's just the guy's last name. Oh, oh, okay. okay. As Walter puts his coat on, he says, well, so much for the five o'clock news. Maud says, I don't care. We finally get a three-day weekend, and what do you do? You go off with Arthur. Oh, damn. Walter steps closer to Maud as he says, Maud, what's wrong with my spending a couple of days away in Vermont? A vacation from the demands of marriage. Maud asks, the demands of marriage? He's, he's talking about having to give that dig up. <laughs> well, I mean, you've seen Bureau. Just then, <laughs> Arthur steps inside and shouts, Top of the morning to you, Walter. He looks at Maud and says, good morning, Buttercup. Maud shoes him away by saying under her breath, oh, dry up, Arthur. Walter gets excited as he says to Arthur, well, old buddy, Mort's camper is all packed and I'm rearing to go. Woohoo! Mm. It's kind of interesting that her husband's name is Arthur and that's her last name. Oh, I know. I thought of that, too. I was like, eh. um, yeah, I put on this is where I put on there that that, that guy was in the jerk. Um, I never realized how tall she was. Holy shit. <laughs> like I know we were joking about it earlier, but watching this, you're just like, "Holy, that's a tall woman!" Holy shit! That's a huge. Wonder bitch. how tall she was. We got to find out now. We got to find out how tall she oh, was. Okay. People, the, well, the people want to know too. Yeah, I mean, we ask the tough questions here. We're not afraid. Exactly. She was eight foot five. No, I'm teasing. She was five foot ten. That's not really that tall. Not as tall as I thought, anyway. But still, as tall. Yeah, but for she a was woman. born in like what 1930 something. Like for back then, that was tall. I mean, it's tall for a woman for sure. Cindy Crawford is 5'10". So you're putting B. Arthur in the same category as Cindy Crawford? <laughs> well, the yeah, same she height. Was, 
She was born in 1922. Damn. Like, she must have been a monster when she was in high school. Like, <laughs> and I'm not trying to be fun. Like, for real. Like, yeah. in 1922, I would have been a basketball player. Like, I'm only 5'8". So. <laughs> Scene two. Just then, Arthur's wife, Vivian, steps inside, barely awake, holding a coffee can in her hand and says, Here, Arthur, you forgot your worms. Mm. Arthur says, Oh, good work, Vivian. Don't want to forget these babies. I get them wholesale. Maude asks, wholesale? Arthur says, yeah, I got a friend in worms. I got worms. That's what we're going to call it. Sorry. Arthur kisses his wife on the cheek, and he and Walter head to the door. Walter shouts, bye, Maude. Maude shrieks, Walter, you're going to be gone for three days. Aren't you even going to kiss me goodbye? Walter then runs up to Maude and gives her the tiniest little peck on the lips. That's what I did. <laughs> Maude stands there. <laughs> Maude stands there, not amused. She just stares at him until finally saying, the next time you kiss me like that, I'll be facing the other direction. Oh, shit. And tying my shoes. <laughs> Walter just nods as if to understand and then runs out the door to join to join his buddy. Well, I mean, you know, we find out later that, you know, he's in jail. So, I mean, he's probably used to that. Um, <laughs> once they leave, Vivian shuts the door and very somberly, she says, well, they're gone. Hmm. They left us. As Vivian sits on the couch next to Maude, Maude says, this is going to be the most rotten weekend we've ever had. <laughs> Vivian begins to cry. Maude goes on, our husbands desert us. Everything on television is a rerun. It's going to be a complete disaster. Hmm. They both sit there and sulk on the couch as Maude says, Oh, let's face it, Viv. There's only one thing that two lonely, desperate women like ourselves can do in a situation like this. Vivian asks, What? Maude monotonously says, Go off our diets. <laughs> I thought she was going to say dick, but... <laughs> Why does the fact their husbands are leaving for the weekend have to make it? Why are they so miserable about that? Seems like it'd be awesome. I, I, we should get my wife out here and ask her. I mean, because I know she, I know she goes to it every time I go to work. <laughs> um. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, if like you and I were hanging out and like, I mean, I'm not married, I have a wife or anything, but like our wives left, right, for like a weekend, and it was just you and me, like. To hang out and do whatever. Like, right. we, we just spend the whole weekend going, because this weekend's going to suck because our wives aren't here. So you get the puppets, I'll put on the Back to the Future soundtrack. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, something like that would ever happen, like, to adults and grown nah, men. Nah, that'd be Bohemian Rhapsody, not Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> like, that would be a thing. <laughs> no, nah, that, would, that wouldn't really happen anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. At first, I'm not. At first, this kind of had a little bit of of brokeback kind of thing going on. And anyways, um, <laughs> how is it that Blanche looks the same? Because this was like in the in '73. You said '74. Um, yeah, '74. And then Golden Girls wasn't on until the mid '80s. So how is it that she looked the same? I don't know. Hmm. Um. Why did Why do the two guys have matching hats? <laughs> I didn't notice. You didn't. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it was like they probably have matching tattoos. Jeez. Yeah, yeah right. Um, man, I, I can't. Watching this, I couldn't figure out for the life of me why he doesn't want to be romantic with his wife. Like, it's <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it reminds me of his mom, too. I don't know. But it has to be another terrible. You're terrible. Yeah. 
Um, <sighs> why did Blanche even come over to the house in the first place? To bring the worms. Oh, shit. That's right. Okay, I missed that part. Because all of a sudden she came walking in. It's like, clearly she looks like she should be in bed. Like, why the hell did she come <laughs> over here? And I didn't know they were the next door neighbors. So I'm like, why does she bring him? Why did she come with him just for him to leave? That's so stupid. <laughs> um, why did... Why did um you have a lot of questions? I do. Yeah, yeah. Why did Dorothy get mad at at how her husband kissed her? Um when Dorothy Blanche's Blanche. husband Blanche just got husband like he just she just got a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. Like she got a kiss on the cheek from from Mr. D, but <laughs> but but like she somehow acts like she's supposed to be like getting a whole makeout session or whatever like well, so, I don't think it's I, like it's not a competition, so it doesn't matter what they did. It's more about he didn't kiss her at all, and it was just going to leave. See what I like, would have. What I would have done yeah. is I would have had Mister D kiss Blanche on the mouth, like just a little peck like that, right? Yeah. And then have this guy go up and kiss Dorothy on the cheek, and that yeah. way Dorothy could say the line: "The next time you kiss me on the cheek like that, it won't be the cheek on my face." See, that's a better line than off me tie my shoes. Like that was fucking dumb. That was stupid. Well, I don't know. Like her way is way grosser. <laughs> my way? No, hers. The way she said it. I'm yeah. be facing the other way and tying my shoe like that just puts a really gross image in your head. I guess, but but it would have been more clever the way I did it. Did right, yes. Better. That's right. That's true. Jim, yeah. Yours is more clever. Because you're using yeah. cheek for cheek. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed that. Dorothy, fuck Dorothy. Um, straight thanks. Scene three. (laughs) Later, we cut to Maud and Vivian pigging out with every kind of food imaginable set in front of them on a table. We see Vivian loading up a piece of blueberry pie with whipped cream, and she takes a bite. As Maud takes a bite of lobster tail, she says, "Mm, "Oh boy." Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Vivian agrees as she says mm-hmm, mm, yeah. Maud comments this is some lunch huh Viv Vivian with <laughs> whipped cream all over her face says yes, I'd say did. this is almost better than sex and then she takes a big old bite and then Maud she goes says, oh yeah daddy <laughs> Maud says almost Vivian says uh huh Maud hands her a piece of lobster and says, wait until you taste this. <laughs> Vivian takes a bite and her eyes widen as she says, I see what you mean. Why'd she, she put it on her lap? <laughs> <laughs> and she immediately takes another quick bite. Maud says, no. <laughs> and Maud takes it back and bites into it. Maud says, you know, the thing that drives me crazy is that while we're cooped up in this house, Maud stops talking and looks around the table. She says, Where's the drum butter? Vivian asks, huh? Maud now panics, shouts, Vivian, there's no more drum butter. Where's the drum butter? No more drum butter. Vivian spots the bowl of drum butter and hands it to her as she says, here, 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 here. Maud in relief says, oh, God. She then dips her lobster tail in the butter and takes a bite. Maud goes on. While we're sitting here, cooped up with nothing to do, those two guys are out on that lake and having the time of their lives, laughing and joking. And uh, then the scene just ended right there. What What the fuck is drawn butter? <laughs> it's just a, like a butter dip with like maybe a little bit of like garlic or whatever. Hmm. Okay. Um, man, if she dug in like that with other things, her husband probably wouldn't be on a camping trip right now. <laughs> just saying. 
Some <laughs> advice like, there, Dorothy. Why don't you go get make some drum butter and bring it upstairs? No, give me the butter, baby. Give me the butter. <laughs> <laughs> Ready with that shit. Nice. Uh, scene four. Uh, write in if you know what that is. If you know what that's a reference to, write in and you'll get bonus points. And then you can brag to all your other podcasting listening friends. Yeah, if you know it, you don't have to do homework one week. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you can. Yeah. Uh, scene four. Still have to. <laughs> Next, we see Walter and Arthur being escorted into a police station by a sheriff deputy. Oh, no. The deputy says, gentlemen, welcome to the homiest jail in Vermont. <laughs> what does that mean? Arthur goes, word. <laughs> <laughs> As Arthur, Arthur and Walter argue, Walter shouts, will you shut up, Arthur? <laughs> Arthur says, Walter, I resent your attitude. You were the one speeding, you know. Walter shouts back, speeding? I was only going four miles an hour over the speed limit. Arthur says, well, four miles over is four miles over. Walter, that's the law. Mm. The deputy agrees and says, that's right. Walter says, oh, sure. Go ahead. Take his side. The deputy says, please, no more yelling. I don't like yelling. The deputy then covers his eyes as if he has a headache. The deputy goes on, up here in Vermont, we don't yell. You talk slowly. And every once in a while, you throw in one of those good old New England expressions like, yep. Yep. <laughs> What's funny is my mother-in-law is from Vermont, and she adds R's to word that don't have them. <laughs> like garage. Or water. Or wash. War, yeah, wash. Yeah, she <laughs> says it too. <clears throat> well, so she kind of talks like the way the guy from uh, Creed sings. That's cool. <laughs> you mean Mr. Ed? <laughs> Anyways, Walter says, deputy, will you wait a minute? Look, all we did was come up here to do a little fishing. And ever since we did that, all we've had is trouble. <laughs> you know, two friends going up into the mountains to camp, whatever. <laughs> the deputy begins to rub his eyes again. He calmly and quietly says, look, will you please? Walter begins to yell. Now, come on. Will you get on with it so we can get back on the way? People talk like that. Uh -huh. The deputy trying to get a word in says, hold it. Easy, easy. Arthur tries to calm Walter as Walter shouts, will you leave me alone, Arthur? The deputy trying to quiet the guys down says, uh, yep. You know? Okay. Walter <laughs> no. says, he's just like easy, easy. A, a yep. You know, a yep. Walter, <laughs> Walter says, look where we come from. Oh, the deputy stands up from his desk and says, pal, I know all about where you come from. Oh, shit. It's the same place I ran from. New York, right? The deputy walks over to a bulletin board as he says, you know why I left? Listen, the traffic, the smog, the crowds, the noise, the delis, the pollution. Walter walks over closer to the deputy as he talks. The deputy takes a wanted poster off the wall and holds it up next to Walter to ensure it's not Walter on the poster. <laughs> the deputy goes on the subways. I like those sandwiches. The buses. <laughs> After the deputy realizes it's not Walter on the poster, he hangs it back on the board. Walter shouts, what the hell does that? The deputy interrupts and to be perfectly succinct to get away from loud mouths like you. Arthur corrects. Mouth, officer, mouth. I'm on your side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Hector Elizondo was just so awesome in this. I just thought he was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was just really good. <laughs> would, a, would a cop really wear their badge on the outside of their jacket like that? He was he was wearing like normal clothes. I think. <laughs> but yeah, but he would he still wear his badge cool. on his shirt, not on his jacket. I don't know. He was just very chill, laid back. It's like okay. Mayberry. <laughs> Scene five. The deputy walks back to his desk as he says, I have no gripes about this ticket here. I mean, we're the best known speed trap in New England. I mean, we're even mentioned by the Automobile Club. Mm-hmm. As he sits back in his desk, he says, now all you got to do is post a $50 bond and you can go home. Now let me see your license. As the deputy begins to fill out paperwork, Walter states, I don't have my license. The deputy looks up and says, forget you said that. Have you got the $50? <laughs> Walter shouts, no. The deputy sighs and says, hey, yep, it's going to be one of those days. And he sinks back into his chair. Hmm. Walter goes on. Well, it was all this idiot's fault. Ooh, Walter man. says, me? Walter says, well, look, you took all the valuables and put them in the knapsack, and now they're all at the bottom of Lake Willoughby. Arthur looks at the deputy and says, that's the thanks I get for saving him from drowning. Walter argues, I saved you from drowning. <laughs> Arthur asks, who is the one that left the heater in that tent? Ooh, Walter damn. shouts, and who put the heater next to the plastic bucket? Arthur shouts back, and who stood up in a boat and shouted, the tent's on fire, and tipped the canoe over? Walter screams, you, you dummy! <laughs> the deputy, <laughs> not wanting to deal with any more of this farcical conduct. Oh, shit. Good, good choice of words. Thank you. Blows a whistle to get them to be quiet. They both quickly clam up. Ooh, the deputy damn. looks at the two of them, smiles, and says, my brother-in-law put you up to this, right? He sent you two up here to get even with me for having a sister who turned to fat, right? They all just laugh. Arthur says, look, officer, as soon as we get home, we'll send you a check. And then he then holds up a scout promise sign and with his hand and says, honest engines wearing a pigeon. He puts his arm around the officer and the two just laugh. Meanwhile, Walter isn't amused at all. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. The officer says, that's funny. That's really funny. In fact, I think it's so funny. I'm going to let you try it out on the judge first thing tomorrow morning. Oh, shit. This guy don't mess around. Nope. Arthur says, tomorrow morning? Walter says, I'm not spending any time in any crummy motel around here. The officer says, do you two gentlemen think I'd let you spend any time in some crummy motel around here? No, not on your life. Walter and Arthur both sigh in relief of hearing that. Mm. The officer then walks over to the cell, opens it up as he says, in the clink, if you don't mind. Hmm. Walter and Arthur just stand there in disbelief. Walter says, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. See, I told you. He was in disbelief for it. (laughs) The the officer (laughs) walks up to Walter, puts his hand on his shoulder and says, oh, please believe it. My Hmm. reputation as a crime fighter is at stake. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur, now trying to schmooze the officer, says, Now, officer, look, obviously there's been some sort of a misunderstanding here. You see, I'm a doctor, Dr. Arthur Harmon. The officer, clearly patronizing, simply says, Oh, I see. (laughs) Arthur goes on, And this is my friend, Walter Finley. He's a well-known appliance dealer. The officer walks back over to his desk and says, Oh, well, then tell me something. 
If you're such a big deal appliance dealer and you're a doctor, then how come you're driving a 59 Volkswagen camper with naked ladies painted on the side? That's a good point. Walter says, we borrowed it from my wife's nephew. Arthur says, yeah, who's a hippie? Walter <laughs> argues, he is not. Arthur says, look, being a doctor, naturally, I drive a Cadillac. Walter quips, which is why your patients have to take the bus. Ooh, that's a Jerry Springer moment right there. <laughs> I know he got um, good. I swear that cop was high. <laughs> he didn't act and look like he was. Well, he's supposed to be like just very chill and laid back and doesn't like, want a lot of noise. Yeah, hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like this scene went on for way too long. Like, hmm. I feel like they added a bunch of fluff in here just to extend the episode. I, and I tried to read it as fast as I could. Because <laughs> <laughs> halfway through the scene, I'm like, God damn, like they're still in the jail cell? Like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> why did the cop keep looking at the camera? <laughs> I know. He did I it like three times. <laughs> And at one point, he looks straight. He was pulling like a, what's that guy's name on Three's Company? Um, Mr. Uh, Furley? No, not Mr. Furley. Not Don Knotts, but the other one. Oh, um, oh what the fuck are the name? Not Mr. Furley, but Mr. I, can't, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. Yeah, the other Farnham? landlord. Bar- Farnham? No. <clears throat> no, the other landlord. Like, he would do that every once in a while, too. He would tell a good joke, and the audience right. would clap, and then he would literally look into the camera and go, like, you like yeah. that shit? Like, like he, I don't know. They just let people get away with that shit in the 70s, I guess. That's going to bug shit at me. Sorry. <laughs> you can look it up if you want. No, it's okay. It's more fun to re- try to remember on my own. Yeah. But why would Arthur be in any trouble? He wasn't even driving. So what is That's matter? true. Yeah. Why is he being put in there? He shouldn't be. He should be the one going, mm. well, he's arrested. I got you. Hey, man. Um, I'll make phone calls and see what I can do. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Scene six. Walter then steps forward and says, now, wait a minute, officer. I can call my wife and she can wire you the money. Now, everyone's entitled to one phone call and they always allow it on Kojak. Mm -hmm. The officer chuckles and says, all right, all right, but make it short. Sometimes somebody calls the police. (laughs) He hands Walter the phone receiver. Walter runs over and begins to dial. Arthur steps over and says, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Walter. Now, who are you going to call? Walter says, Ghostbuster. (laughs) Walter says, room service. Who do you think I'm going to call? He then shouts into Arthur's ear, Maud. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur says, I say we call Vivian. Walter says, I'm using the phone and I'm calling Maud. Arthur oh, says, all right, suppose she's out. You, you could get Carol or Philip. You want to ask a 10 year old boy for bail? Hmm. Walter sees his potential boner <laughs> as Arthur takes the phone from him and dials his house to call Vivian. Arthur says, we call my house. We get one person only. And that one person is Vivian. Hmm. Walter says, okay, Arthur, for once you're making a little sense. Hmm. The phone rings and the answering machine picks up. <laughs> Vivian on the machine says, hello, I'm Vivian Harmon, and this is a recording. Arthur now winces as he hears the machine. The machine goes on. Arthur's gone fishing, and I'm spending the weekend at Mods. Please wait hmm. for the beep, and then leave your message. After the machine beeps, Walter takes the phone, sticks his tongue out, and blows into the receiver and hangs up. Hmm. This was before COVID. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I always hated that tongue joke with a yeah. like I, I never liked because it was like really big in the 70s and 80s like they always used it as a good punchline what yeah, do we do here like, just have them stick their tongue out and go kind of like farts it's so declassé so, <laughs> so weak come on you can do better than that a fucking yeah, fart joke exactly huh? see you finally yeah. get it now no fart jokes are funny <laughs> <sighs> um why don't they each get a phone call like I'm well, they, they made do, it sound they, like they only get one. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. And technically, in reality, you don't really need to get a phone call at all. So. Well, actually, in reality, because I looked it up and they said most of the time um, in, in some jail cells, if you're not causing problems, you get multiple phone calls as long as they're collect. Mm-hmm. Like you can call daily if you want. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that's in, that's in not in the police station. That's not a police station. That's in jail. So. Right, right. Yeah. Scene a seven. Oh. Meanwhile, back at the house, Maud and Vivian continue to binge on food. Mm. Vivian says, This hits the spot. Oh yeah. Maud says, spot she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maud says, I'd like to hit a spot. I'd like to hit Walter's bald spot. I know what bugs me. Why are we here compensating for their absence by eating and eating? Pass me the Mugu guy pan. The minute Walter comes off that lake, I know he's going to run to the nearest phone and call me and tell me, Maud, I'm having the time of my life. Vivian, just stuffing her face, simply says, mm-hmm. Just then, the phone rings. Is mm. it on cue? It's Maud weird. says, see, there he is. There he is. Maud gets up from the table and walks over to the phone, picks it up, and she says, hello? Yes, Walter, I know you're having the time of your life. Go kiss a fish. Oh, shit. And then she hangs up like a motherfucking boss. Bitches only turn up with their friends. Mm. I can't make this shit up, bitch. Right? Damn. Yeah. She don't play around. She needs no. to be with that deputy. She is. Like, one tiny little note that I have is, yeah. can she please shut the fuck up while she's eating? Well, that's so fucking gross. Boring scene, wouldn't it? Yeah, but then stop eating. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the eating with food. My mom used to do that shit. It's annoying as fuck. I can't stand that shit. She just reminded me of your mom more and more. God. My mom used to do this thing. Used to okay, Story time. My mom used to do this thing one time, and it used to annoy the piss out of me. She would. We would be in a restaurant or at home. It didn't matter. It's like she would sit there watching me, and she would wait until I put food in my mouth, and then ask me a question. And she did it so often and I would see her just kind of looking at me and I would pause a second and look at her like, all right, so I got to put food in my mouth. You know, really? So one time we were at a restaurant (laughs) Yeah, and she, she asked me, I had, it had happened like twice, you know, in the restaurant and both times I was like, I gave her, you know, the one minute finger. Like I was like, sorry, I had literally just put food in my mouth when you asked me that. So the third time she did it, I spit the food out onto the plate. I'm like, and then I answered her question. She's like, that's gross. I'm like, then stop asking me questions when I have food in my mouth. And that was the last time she ever did it. And not because she died. <laughs> like, that's terrible. Yeah. That's the, that was the last time she ever did it. She learned a lesson after that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So lesson of the day, kids. When your parents do something that bug you, just spit your food out onto your plate. No, don't do that. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> yes. Scene eight. Back at the police station, 
Walter just holds the phone as Maude had just hung up on him and sadly says she hung up. Hmm. The officer says, okay, Kojak, you had your phone call. Come on. The officer then walks over to the cell as Walter shouts, now, wait a minute. I'm not going to spend any time in a crummy jail around here. Now, wait a minute. As the officer escorts them into the cell, Arthur says, you know, you're really asking for it, Walter, the way you're behaving. Hmm. Arthur then looks to the officer and says, I know you're just doing your duty. <laughs> duty. duty. <laughs> Say, why don't we just 10, four or four forty or whatever that is. <laughs> the officer just looks at Arthur and says, well, then that's good because if you'll forgive me, I forgot that tomorrow is Sunday. The judge won't be here for two days <laughs> as he pushes Arthur into the clink. Yeah. Arthur and Walter both shout two days. Arthur shouts, you can't do this to us. As the officer heads out the door, Walter asks, hey, where are you going? The officer states, to move your camper. Walter shouts, our rights. I demand to know my rights. The officer says, well, you're not under any arrest yet. You don't have any rights. And then he walks out to move the camper. Hmm. Mm. So if they're not under arrest, then they can go free, free to go, right? Unless... They're being detained for questioning, but even so, they still have rights. Well, I looked it up because I was curious about the same thing. Like, why are they being held if they're not arrested? Right. And um, I, I found a website called findlaw.com, and it yeah. says typically you can be detained for up to 72 hours without any charges being filed. So yeah. you can be held for up to three days without technically being like arrested. In Florida, you can be held up to 33 days. Well, for a $50 speeding ticket, though? Apparently. Yeah, or for that. being an asshole. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. For lying about being a fucking doctor. <laughs> Not just a doctor, but a prominent doctor, which he okay. said several times. Prominent doctor that drives a fucking hippie mobile and goes <laughs> camping in the woods with his friend. This is true. As far as you and I are concerned, he's lying. We it's have true. no idea that he's a doctor. And that's not illegal, but it should be. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate liars. Yeah. I wish he wasn't a liar. You know, like a liar. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Scene Nan. After the deputy leaves, Arthur, in a huff, oh, shit. says, well, we'll see about that. He can't treat us like your average common criminal. Mm -hmm. Just then, a black man awakens up from slumber on one of the cots in the jail cell. Arthur looks down at him and asks, who are you? The man <laughs> yawns and says, you're average common criminal. Mm. Say, uh, you gentlemen aren't going to make too much noise, are you? He pulls out a notebook from under the blankets, lights a cigarette and says, I'm uh, composing my memoirs. Arthur looks around the cell and says, by George, it's extraordinary what these things are like, isn't it? I never really thought about it much. <laughs> Arthur then notices some writing on one of the walls and begins to read. There once was a girl from Nantucket who he stops reading and his jaw drops at the offensive writing on the wall. Oh, shit. The man says, hey, you like poetry? I got a sonnet over here. As he points to the wall behind him. I thought he was going to grab his dick. <laughs> Just then, as the deputy returns inside, Arthur shouts, officer, officer, there is some absolutely shocking writing, but is interrupted as the deputy says, hey, listen, pal. If you're a doctor, like you say you are, Arthur says, yeah. 
The deputy holding a cigarette says, then you should be able to tell me what this is. Arthur takes it from the deputy and says, well, let me see. Mm. He breaks it in half and smells it. He says, yes, yes, I, uh, I'm experienced with this, purely from a clinical point of view, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, that's cannabis. The other inmate's eyes widen as he says, it's what? Arthur hands it back to the officer as he says, commonly known as pot. The officer then asks, then what's it doing under the seat of your car? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Arthur's eyes get wide as Walter steps forward in shock. Walter says, uh, uh, you must be making a mistake. I mean, for crying out loud, that's not our stuff. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That must have been in my nephew's van from before. Arthur shouts, of course, officer, of course. I'm a prominent physician, and it couldn't possibly be mine. The officer says, it's going to be an interesting trial. Now, is there anything I can get you, gentlemen, to help while away the time? Card, magazine, a five-year calendar? (laughs) Walter and Arthur both shout, five years? (laughs) So they don't get a deck of playing cards, they get one card? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do you, that poem on the wall, do you know, do you know the reference of that? Well, it's like once was a man from Nantucket and something, something and fuck it. I don't know. That's all I Well, I, I looked it up. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> something about a bucket and fuck it. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. So there's three different versions of this poem, right? Yeah. Um, the female version. This is as if it was a girl like he spoke. Mm-hmm. There once was a girl from Nantucket who crossed the sea in a bucket. Mm-hmm. When she got there, they asked for a fare, so she lifted her dress and said, fuck it. <laughs> Get it? So, a fare and a fare? Yeah. Yeah. The male oh. version yeah. Uh, is a little bit, in the United States, I'm going to say in the United States, it uses a word that we typically don't use over here. Like, this word is up there oh. with the N-word in the sense that we only say the letter it starts with like and there's not very many words over here that we do that with and i know some of our european listeners and glenn glenn and they use the word differently the united states does but i'm going to censor it for the united states Um, so the male version is there once was a man from nantucket whose dick was so big he could suck it (laughs) he said with a grin as he wiped off his chin if my ear were a c word i would fuck it (laughs) And then there's, there's a clean version. Oh, okay. There once was a man from Nantucket who kept all his cash in a bucket, but his daughter named Nan ran away with the man. And as for the bucket, Nantucket, like Nan took it because his daughter's name is Nan. All right. All right. So those are the three different versions. Sorry. I apologize for having to censor that, but I just, (laughs) over here, it's a different, it's a different culture. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, good. That's cool. I didn't even think about bringing those up, but cool. Mm. All right. Well, this is where we take our next break. Oh, good. Get the drops. So it looks like Arthur and Walter have gotten themselves in quite a pickle. And it seems their wives can't even see their pickle. Mm. Will they be locked up for five years? With each other's pickles? Yeah. Will they get out? Will it be revealed that their cellmate is indeed... Willis and Arnold's real father. Oh, shit. Maybe I didn't think about that. Yeah. We'll be back.
you're a comic book fan, we've got a few questions for you. Were you obsessed with X-Men as a kid? Did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of Superman in the black poly bag? Did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves? Then have we got the show for you. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more. You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. And remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. I'm back. Oh, doggy. That was a good one. Gross. That was a good one. Yeah. You gotta admit, that was pretty good. gone for a while. The way I was like arching my back and shit, looking all sexy, you gotta admit, that was pretty good. I saw you you looking twice. You're trying (laughs) to think you're disgusting, but you weren't. I know you. Um... <laughs> so, so in in this episode, they they talk about going camping. We don't see them camping, but they talk about yeah. going camping. So, it got yeah. me curious. Like, neither one of us have ever been really outdoorsy type of people. I think no, I would argue not. that I'm more outdoorsy than you, only um, because you go outside to work in your vehicle. Well, plus, like, I own fishing equipment. I've been fishing. I used to own a canoe. That kind of stuff. So I would argue that I'm probably True. more outdoorsy than you are. Oh, my um, idea of roughing it is like no Wi-Fi. So. Right. Um, have you ever been camping? Yes. Um, I did it a lot as a kid. I mean, I'm not up. talking in your backyard. Oh, then no. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was in I remember Scouts. me and you. Me and you camped outside in your backyard once. For sure. And I used to do it with my uh, sister, Jenny, and stuff in the summers up here. And my dad's too. Nice. Um, do you still? <laughs> I don't know, but I should get a hold of Jim. Like, Jimmy, you guys don't can we camp out in your, your backyard? Yard? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I was in uh, Boy Scouts when I was uh, like around nine, ten years old, and okay. we did a couple of camping trips. And that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my mom, you know, with her friends and stuff when she was in the military, um, we'd go do camping weekends or whatever. And right. I've never been camping as an adult. Okay. So I'm not 100% opposed to it, but I'm not exactly excited to plan a trip. Okay. Because, like, I mean, where do you charge your phone? You know, it's like. Right, right. And then there's, like, bugs, and it's hot, or right. it's cold. What it's if you have icky. to take a shit? Right? Thank you. I don't want to, like, like, squat. And then, like, the only thing I, I am excited for is, like, the fire. When I burn the place to the ground, no, because <laughs> I do enjoy a nice fire, which is when I finally get a place, 
I'd like to have a nice fire pit out back. And if I had one of those, I'd definitely be out there a lot more. Right. And I like a good fire and you can roast some schmellos or some hot dogs or something or whatever on the fire. And we actually did that over at the parents' house when we first moved here. Me and my son went over there and they're like, hey, I'm going to build a little fire in the fire pit and we can roast marshmallows and hot dogs. And I was like, Heck yeah, that sounds awesome. And Did you like time. laugh maniacally when you saw it? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. All right. I, one thing to that? try. Well, one thing, it's oh. slight tangent. Next time you have somebody in your car, yeah. like I noticed that like you can accelerate totally normally, but if you add that laugh that I just did to it, they'll start yeah. grabbing the, the handle and the armrest and stuff like that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, also, if you say like, Watch this right before yeah, you, exactly. and then you like grip the wheel and like. Or better yet, if you have a drink in any kind of drink in the car, just hand to me like, hold this for a second. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works too. Um, nice. I actually had to camp out in the backyard with my son for his Boy Scout for him to get his badge. Uh, that was kind of. I forgot about that. That he was yeah. he did that. And it's funny because it was like, I mean, this is Central Florida, right? And so imagine like, next time you're cooking something in the oven, go open the oven and just kind of stand next to it for a few minutes. And that's what it's like camping in summertime in Florida. Cause even at nighttime, it's like 86 degrees or so. it's something insane. Yeah. And, um, and so me and him are just sweating our asses off in this tent in the backyard. <laughs> and it's like, I look at my watch and it's like 1230 in the morning. And, and you're like, I can't Can we go inside? <laughs> well, I can't sleep. And I'm thinking, man, I feel so bad. Cause I don't want to go inside and leave this kid out here. So, right. So I was like, Jake, <laughs> Jake, are you awake? And he's like, yep. <laughs> I was like, you know what, buddy? It's after midnight. And he's like, okay. Like, let's just let's just go inside go to bed. He's like, okay. So when we came inside. <laughs> and technically, he was there till after midnight. So that counted as, you know, camping. Sweet. Um, but I went camping with my whole family one time. We went up yeah. to Itchy Tuckney Springs in North Florida. Mm. And we spent the day on uh, Itchy Tuckney Springs. It's like it's a river that's like two miles long, and you rent either a boat or a uh, uh, inner tube, and you go down this two mile long river because the river flows at one mile per hour. So it takes two hours to get through the whole river. And then when we were done, then we went. To, they have campsites right there, so we went and camped. And then a horrible storm came in that night. <laughs> And so we oh we boy. went in my my uncle's like one of those conversion vans, you know those <laughs> vans that were popular in the eighties and nineties, you know that had the captain <laughs> chairs and stuff. And so yeah. we all decided to go sleep in the the van because it was pouring and the the tent was starting to flood. And so we kind of made room. Everybody grabbed their their pillows and everything, and we kind of squeezed wherever we could. But then we realized that we left my dad in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> and so he slept all night literally in a puddle and he got up the next day he was pissed off because nobody woke him up but he was sound asleep like he was fine in it apparently so you're freaking next navy seal you can sleep in a puddle can't you like no i'm not i'm not being disrespectful but was it the puddle like his own pee or something or gsp no, before you no it was oh i i think I, I skipped that part it was raining <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he was pretty oh, pissed he was really angry that we left him out there so we didn't do it on purpose. It was just, it was one of those things where we, I think we didn't want to wake him up because he was so, so sound asleep, but mm -hmm. we figured that once he woke up, he would come to the van with us. We didn't want to wake him up and be like, Hey, come to the van, yeah. you know? So. Well, I can see like you being a child, not thinking of your dad, but like his own wife. Oh, my mom, my mom was B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Think of a shit. 
<laughs> so, yeah, that was my experience camping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, when I think back of camping, I always re- I remember, you know, the horrible sunburns I got. Hmm. Growing up, and I, I don't want to ever do that again. So you, but it's saying that you, it makes it sound like you went camping all the time and always got sunburns, and now you don't want to do that anymore. It didn't make it sound like that, didn't it? Yeah. I didn't go all the time. I I don't remember. I can't tell you how many times I've been camping, but it's definitely more than five times. Okay. But uh, yeah, um, my mom was really into that kind of stuff, so we did a lot. So like for me, like we have season passes for theme parks in Orlando, and. Mm. I, I can go and wear a tank top and yeah. not put on any sunblock and not get sunburned. Yeah. And this no is like how lucky you are. This is like middle of summertime in Florida and I, I won't yeah. get sunburned. You have no idea. And I'm not, I'm not particularly that tan have. either. I'm not, it's not like I'm dark. People who can go all day in the sun and I have to worry. I'm sorry. People can go like an hour or two in the sun and I have to worry about being sunburned. Right. You have a gift that you don't realize. <laughs> there are right. some of us that have to apply sunscreen multiple times a day and are constantly stressed about it all day long. Oh no, I've I've played golf with golf with you. You <laughs> apply that shit every fifteen minutes. Let's let's be realistic. Like you it's every fr- sing, the start of every hole you were putting on more sunblock. Mm-hmm. And for some reason every time I did made you angry for some reason. <laughs> Because you had just put it, you literally just put it on. <laughs> I was like, Jimmy, this is my process. Why does it bother you? Let me do this. It makes me less stressed. And then you started getting mad because you you weren't hitting the ball. Probably because you got all that shit all over your hands. Because you won't <laughs> stop playing around with the, the sunblock. <laughs> First of all, it wasn't literally every 15 minutes, but it wasn't too far away from okay, 15 every 20 minutes. minutes on, it was really close. <laughs> it was fairly literally every, every 30 hole. minutes. Yeah. Um, it was a lot, but I do that if I'm not familiar with the sunscreen. If I buy the same sunscreen and I know how it works and when to apply it, right. then it's a little more spaced out. But if it's new sunscreen I'm not familiar with, then I don't know how good it is. I'll reapply it as much as possible. <laughs> and I, I learned this reapplication thing when we were on a fishing trip, if you remember. Uh, you, me, and Mr. Ellington. Mm. I think Ron might have been there, too. And we all went out fishing, and I reapplied sunscreen as much as possible. Every time I felt hot, I put sunscreen on. And then when I came home, my mom said, you look like you got a tan. And I was mm. like, seriously? Really? So I figured that was the secret to possibly tanning. And then mm. so, yeah. Hey, what SPF do you use? You know, like 30 minimum. So you should be, I was going to say, because Megan has the same problem. She's really fair complexion and she uses like the highest SPF she can find. Yeah. And the highest but she only puts I, it on I once. I look on a shelf, whatever the highest number I see, I grab. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't use sunblock. I don't like the way it feels. Oh, it must be nice to be able to have that choice. Oh, yeah. It's nice to be able to I've had some horrible sunburns growing oh, up. Oh, I have too. I've well, been, and been that's hospitalized. I've been, you know. That's what's weird bad. about it is I went, um, I went surfing one time from like eleven to one. I didn't even go for that long, but it was the hottest part of the day, <clears throat> and I actually got sun poisoning. I don't know if you've ever had sun poison before. Yeah, that I got, shit like, really sick. sucks. Yeah, I got a really bad sunburn. I, I figured, stupid me. I was in my early twenties. Actually, right. I probably when he was probably eighteen, nineteen, adult on my own, dealing with my own skin. 
And I'm figured it's a cloudy day. I'm good. Oh, no nope. mistake. Yep. Learned that the hard way. Um, got a horrible sun and I had my shirt off like all day in the sun. Well, not even in the sun, but it was cloudy. But yeah, got a really bad sunburn and then just got sick. Got really sick. Yeah. With me, when I had sun poisoning, I started throwing up really bad. Um, and you're, it was mainly my back and my back went from the, the dark red to like a burgundy <laughs> to like a purple. Yeah. And then started blistering and it turned yellow and yep. the, the yellow was like an infection. Like it was, yeah, it was I'm bad. bad. <laughs> I missed a week's worth of work for that. And then yep. you get to the point where when your skin dries, it, it shrinks a little bit. Mm. And so it's literally pulling on every single hair coming out of your back <laughs> at the same time. And it itches like it itches so freaking bad. It's insane. Yeah. But yeah. you can't scratch it because it really hurts. So all I could do was lay in the bathtub like all the time. That's all I could do. That was the yeah. only thing that was any kind of relief. Sunburns are the worst. And I haven't had a bad sunburn in a really, really long time. And I like to keep it that way because they are, they are miserable. But then what's weird is after that, I quit burning. After at that point on, I don't. I no longer. I can go to the beach in the middle of July and have my shirt off all day, and I don't burn. You have no idea how lucky you are, yeah. <laughs> and how jealous I am. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm not outdoorsy, and I don't like being outside. Is that the only reason you're out, Is that the only reason you're not outdoorsy? That's reason number one. Okay, so what? So if you put a shirt on, that you still get burned. Of course, I'll still get burned. How? I have to wear like a full body covering suit that would cover everything. Okay. Hmm. But now it's too hot. <laughs> so you can't do that. Right. And I want to be comfortable, you know. Right, right. I'm like, cool, I can go out in the sun if I wear this full body suit that covers everything. What about like, someplace you know, like, like Fox Lake? Green screen sh- suits that they wear. Right. And have to wear something like that. What about <laughs> something like Fox Lake Park where you're under trees all the time? I mean, I can still get sunburned. Well, you could, but, but I, I do like if it's something like that where you kind of like in some shade, not on the beach, because right. you can still be under an umbrella mm-hmm. at the beach because mm-hmm. you get that reflective sun off the sand. Yep. Um, now sitting like like you were saying at Fox Lake Park where there's trees and you have nice good dark shade and you can sit under a tree and a chair. Well, specifically and, where there's grass instead of sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. That's cool. I I can do that. And it, I probably I've done that before. Not worn sunscreen before. So you you pro- I was gonna say you probably only have to put on sunscreen like eight times when you're at a place like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not gonna be going out, like we're not there for like a purpose of like swimming in a pool or something, you know. Then if mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be sitting there the whole time, I'm good. I, and I, I like it, especially if there's a nice breeze. Yeah, I don't like swimming in a pool. It, it, it smells like I'm swimming in a washing machine. I hate it. <laughs> washing machine yeah because it's chlorine it's, it smells like the stuff you bleach your clothes with it's gross <clears throat> oh i see yeah see the only the, the only reason the only way i would like to go camping is if if it was like someplace that i'd never been like for me camping outside in florida is boring i've lived in florida my whole life i've been outside many times i don't need to sleep out there but if it was a place like up in the smoky mountains or in the Rocky Mountains, or in the northern part of the United States where you see like the northern lights and stuff like that, that would be interesting. It would even be cool if you're in a place that's actually cold in Asia or it drops down like in the 30s at night. That would be cool for me too. Yeah. Just to be in a different place than you normally sleep in. So, yeah. But that's the coolest part is being away from a city where it's really nice and dark, where you actually get to see the stars and that's when it gets really neat. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And the best time is at night. Nighttime is the right time it because uh, I can't get sunburned then. Hmm. 
true. It's well, true. Well, believe it or not, I can't get sunburn at night. No, but you could probably get moonburn. No, you get moonburn. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's only if I take my pants down. Starburn. <laughs> <laughs> starburn, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's what a sunburn is, Jimmy. It's a starburn. It's true. That is true. <laughs> Are you ready to get back into this? I am ready to get back into this. We're going on and on and on. All right. So when we left off. Yes. If you remember, Arthur and Walter have left their wives for a long weekend getaway. Just the two men, you know? And then you know what Maud. I mean? <laughs> and then there's Maud. <laughs> Maud and Vivian are not happy about the situation. But little do the ladies know... Arthur and Walter have somehow gotten themselves in the slammer. Oh, shit. That's what, like, all the criminals call it. It's jail. That's what criminals call oh, jail. Oh, oh. Yeah, I know you were okay. like, I don't understand this lingo. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? The slammer, what? <laughs> in the clink. Clink? The big house. And things have gotten even worse now that they can add a drug possession charge to boot. Oh, shit. To boot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So let's get back into it. Let's get back into this. Okay. Scene 10. A bit later, still in the cell in, in the, the slammer, oh. Walter and Arthur sit and think. Walter says, don't you realize that we've been busted, Arthur? I mean, what are we going to do? Arthur just sits in silence. Walter goes on. I mean, you know what the judge could give us for just one lousy marijuana cigarette? It's the other inmate, as he whittles on his wood, <laughs> <laughs> that was us in middle school, says, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, wood. well, I don't know if it's the good stuff about two and a half bucks. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Walter goes on. Arthur, do you realize we're in terrible trouble? A kid in Texas got 25 years for one lousy marijuana cigarette. <laughs> the other inmate says 25 years. How long was the cigarette? <laughs> Arthur finally speaks up and says, now don't panic, Walter. Don't panic. Nothing like that is going to happen to us. Walter with a tood <laughs> says, why not? Cause you said so. Oh shit. Walter then stands up and goes to the door of the cell. He says, officer. He looks around and shouts officer. You can never find a cop when you need one. Apparently, that joke was hilarious, according well, to the mean, studio audience. Well, let me repeat it. You can never <laughs> find a cop when you need one. Oh, man. Yeah. Just then, the officer returns from the back room. Walter says, I want to make one more call to my wife. Please, please. The officer, not wanting any more shouting, says, all right, all right. He opens hmm. the cell and lets Walter out to use the phone. As he does this, the officer says, I really think it'd be much kinder to let the poor woman enjoy these few years alone. Mm-hmm, shit. As Walter makes his call, Arthur walks over to the cellmate and asks, so uh, what are you whittling there? A, a, a gun? Mm-hmm. The man says, no, I'm nonviolent. I'm whittling a key. Mm-hmm. He holds up his handiwork to show a rather large, very big key in his hand. Mm-hmm. Arthur says, oh, Arthur, now trying to change his tone, says, well, I just want to let you know that we're not actually criminals. It's all a big mistake. Mm. The man just says, oh, hmm. Arthur goes on. Actually, I'm a very prominent doctor, and uh, he's he's a a well-known appliance dealer. Mm -hmm. The man smiles up at Arthur and says, oh, yeah? 
well, I'm the, I'm the society editor for the New York Times. I'm just here checking the place out as a personal favorite of Truman Capote. Mm. Hello. <laughs> Truman Times. So the, uh, the officer... He's like so laid back and trusting with them, like I noticed letting that. them out, leaving the cell open, and leaves <laughs> the room. You know, she's like, whatever, just go make your call. I don't care. Yeah, that was one of my notes too. Did the cop really open the cell door and then go back to the back room? <laughs> yeah. He just leaves it open, lets him use a phone, call whatever. You know, I don't care. <laughs> hmm. I thought what I thought was funny was he's worried about him whittling a gun, but he ain't worried about the knife that he has in his hand. <laughs> it's like the only the only criminal in history that's allowed to have a knife in the cell um but also mm-hmm. where did he get the wood from i don't know did you ever see like because that did you see the wood that he was whittling yeah it looked like a well look like a two by four like it just looked like a plain piece of wood well, not the wood itself but like the what he actually whittled no i didn't pitch it to him. i couldn't really tell either but it was actually it was like it was writing and I couldn't oh. read it because at one point he walks up to the bars and he's holding it up because he's like yelling out the bars. And I was like trying to read it and I couldn't. But then it was like it's in reverse too, the way we watched it. And, right, I'm like, right. and I'm like, I can't. I could never tell what it said. It probably said, fuck the police. <laughs> Jimmy sounded like a gangster just then. I know. I listen to that song sometimes. And earlier you said slammer. Slammer. Hell yeah. Are you sure you haven't done time? No, but look, hold on. I was just making sure my wallet was still there. Okay, yeah. yeah you got to yeah. make sure that. All right. Scene 11. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the phone, Walter attempted to call Maud, but this time got Philip instead. Oh, shit. From what I understand, Philip is like their grandkid, hmm. I think. Okay. He's like 10 or something. He says... Please don't argue, Philip. Oh, I know I should have used the phone call to call my lawyer. Philip, I know they always do that on Kojak. Look, remember to give the phone number to Maud as soon as she gets home from Colonel Sanders. Hmm. He then hangs up the phone. He says to himself, I'm going to be in jail for the rest of my life, and she's getting a bucket of crunch. Walter just shakes his head in disbelief and walks back into the cell with Arthur. Walter says, it's no use, Arthur. It's no use. He shuts the cell door as he says, they're going to throw away the key. Mm. He begins to panic as he says, we're nobodies. We're nameless, faceless nobodies. Just then the cellmate begins to sing, nobody knows <laughs> the trouble I see. Arthur then says, I must say, you don't handle pressure very well, Walter. Now there must be some reasonable way out of this then. Maybe our convict friend here can help us. Let me... I know the lingo. Mm, here we go. Arthur then turns to the convict, still sitting on the cot, as he hikes his pants up. He says to the con, in a Humphrey Bogart voice, Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> Pork oh. chops and apple shosh. No, <laughs> what do they got you in the big house for? The man just looks at him, chuckles in disbelief, and says, Well... I'm in for what you might call black evolution. Mm. My great granddaddy was an immigrant. My daddy was a migrant. And I'm a vagrant. (laughs) Audience fucking love that shit, dude. They were fucking clapping on that one. Arthur turns to Walter and says, the man is a third generation bum, Walter. Mm. 
The convict says, well, now, in reality, the only difference between me and you, gentlemen, is a matter of speed. You were going through town too fast, and I wasn't going fast enough. Hmm, he's got a point, though. Mm-hmm. Um, what's funny is he had to, he had, <laughs> he had to close that jail door himself. <laughs> he walks in, so I was like, oh, shit, hold on a second, let me shut this. Like, Damn, really? <laughs> Just fucking leave. Like, obviously, the cop don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> it's like Otis and Mayberry, where he just lets himself in and yeah. lets himself out. Yeah. I got a feeling that at the time, the shit was edgy as fuck. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I got a feeling all these jokes, like right here, where he's talking mm-hmm. about Vagrant and all that. I got a feeling that was some edgy shit, especially if this was a spinoff of Archie Bunker. Mm-hmm. This was some, like, highbrow shit, you know? Yeah. Especially later when they talk about Gerald Ford, they talk right. about a few things that, uh, I didn't know the references to, but right. seemed really big according to the audience reaction. Yeah, right. You didn't know the reference. What? To Gerald Ford? Well, I know who Gerald Ford right, is. Right, but, but I mean, the reference to him. You didn't know the reference? No. No, I didn't either. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought the convict, um, I thought he was really good. I thought he was really funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. All right. Scene 12. Still in the cell. Arthur, now feeling comfortable with the man, sits down next to him and says, now as a convict with some experience, how would you go about getting out of here if you were us? The man thinks for a moment and then says, well, you could write a letter to Gerald Ford. He's Hmm. pardoning everybody these days. When I heard that, like, my, oh, man. my whole family cracked up at that one. Like, my kids were laughing. Yeah. My, the next door people. neighbors came over. They're like, what What was that? No, I'm, yeah, I, they were like, no, he didn't, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Arthur says, I don't think that's very helpful. The man says, no, no, well. The man looks around and says, you could take this cup, see, and run it across the bars and yell and, uh, and scream and whip up everything. That's when the newspaper. Oh, oh, I thought you were fucking with me again. <laughs> that's what the newspaper call prison revoke. We call it recreational therapy. Arthur sits up and says, that's ridiculous. I couldn't do a thing like that. You don't seem to understand. I'm a doctor. I'm a prominent doctor. Mm-hmm. The man thinks for a second and says, uh-huh. Well, what I'm trying to tell you, prominent doc is there ain't nothing we three bums can do we in here as long as the man wants to keep us oh shit arthur says look friend uh we are in a slightly different position than you are (laughs) the man says "Uh uh-huh arthur goes on and you're uh different strokes it takes different strokes no that's not quite what i mean walter seeing arthur is about to dig a hole (laughs) <laughs> when i saw it first i was like a big a, a dig a dig a hole like it's, sorry it's, um he says arthur arthur ignores his friend and goes on you see you're black you're used to injustice the inmate says uh-huh walter sighs rolls his eyes and says look he didn't mean that either the man says no he's pretty close there I'm I'm black. Like I'm look. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. <clears throat> Walter chimes in and says, Arthur, don't you see what he's saying? And here we're all the same. I could just as well be you. You could just as well be him. Or he could just as well be you. Arthur says, Well, he'd certainly be getting the best out of that deal. <laughs> God damn. 
Walter <laughs> sighs and says, Arthur, how can you be so thick? And he's looking at his ass and shit. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. We're behind bars. All of us. We're liable to make our own license plates for the next 10 years. Arthur says, oh, that's ridiculous, Walter. We're innocent. We don't belong in here. And I happen to believe our penal system works. <laughs> the inmate mm. says, no, it don't. <laughs> Arthur mm. and Walter, look at the man. The man poisons the toilet and says, well, look, he doesn't even have a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at it. It was so funny because I was going to put a joke in there about like, you know, the penal system working. I was going to say, Walter, Walter says, well, not well, mine doesn't because I think it might have like in a large colon. Well, they got medicine for like that. that. Yeah. And the, but then like the inmate said a joke similar. Was, was it was better. I think, yeah. Because at first I was like, ah, he said penal. And I'm like, and I even put it in there. I was like, his joke's funnier. here. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so topical. The Gerald Ford reference that, you know. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Um. Does he really think this guy have the answers? Because if he did have the answers, would he be in there? <laughs> like, he's not in there because he wants to be. Right. <laughs> hmm. Well, obviously he does. He's breaking the law. That's true, yeah. Hmm. Scene a 13. Just then, the deputy walks over to the cell and opens the door. He says, gentlemen, I have some uh, disquieting news for you. Uh-oh. You see, I just now realized that we're dealing with a felony. Oh, shit. So you're going to have to be seeing Judge Sweeney. Oh, no. <laughs> the inmate sits up a bit and says, oh, yeah, the hanging judge. <clears throat> Arthur, not liking this news too much, shouts, the hanging judge. The deputy says, well, he should be able to get your case on the docket in two or three weeks. <clears throat> Walter shouts, two or three weeks. And then the deputy says, yeah. And then Arthur shouts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the officer burps as he says, well, I hope you fellas will enjoy my wife's meatloaf because we're going to have it for an entire month. <laughs> Arthur shouts, an entire month? No. Meatloaf? You're a wife? <laughs> Arthur shouts, Walter, you've got to do something. Do something? <laughs> Just then the phone in the station rings. Walter shouts, don't answer that phone. It's got to be for me. Please let me answer it. Please, please. The officer, not a fan of the shouting, just says, all right, all right. Walter runs over to the phone and picks it up. And goes, ring, ring. <laughs> um, so, so he had no key in his hand when he opened that door, which means he just leaves the keys in the cell all the time. In the cell. Well, in the cell door. The keys are just in the door all the time. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, remember, he'd opened it so they can make a phone call. Right. But when he hasn't returned since. But that's what I'm saying. When he opened he the door, he had in the door. Yeah. He had no key in his hand when he opened the door. Yeah. So that means the the key had been in the door that whole time. Yeah, I guess. Wow. And the, and here's like Arthur over there. Like, hey, how do we get out of here? How do we bust the joint? How do we get out how of here? How about you just use the key to open the fucking door? <laughs> well, you could just open the cell door over there yeah. and then just go out that door over there and your camper's right outside. Right. Um, <laughs> they don't have your license. He has no idea who you are. Right. Except you um, kept telling him you're a prominent doctor. Your name is Dr. Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> but also, apparently, inmates are just allowed to answer jail phones. That's that's kind of nice. I didn't know that was a thing. So. <laughs> well, that's cool because uh, Maude even brings that up, too. She's like, 
Yeah, yeah I was yeah, saying, yeah. Jay, you answered the phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was pretty funny. <clears throat> Speaking of which, scene 14. Mm. Walter answers the phone at the police station, and Maude on the other end says, Hello, Walter. I weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> hey, why did you tell Philip you were in jail? Oh, come on, Walter. If you were in jail, you wouldn't be answering the phone. <laughs> the canoe tipped over Walter. Maude just laughs. Meanwhile, Vivian is asking Maude, what? What? Maude tells Vivian, the canoe tipped over. The two just laugh their motherfucking asses off at the news. Back on the phone, Maude says, what? The tent burned down? They both roar into laughter. Back at the station, Walter shouts, Maude, Maude, I am not kidding. Maude, please, please listen to me. Stop laughing. Maude, listen. Arthur steps over and takes the phone from Walter. He says, let me have that. Maude, stop laughing and put Vivian on the wire. Maude just laughs at Arthur and hands the phone over to Vivian. Vivian takes the phone and says, Arthur, what? And then she roars in hysterics. Maude asks, what, what? Vivian, while laughing, says, the hanging judge. They both just laugh. (laughs) <laughs> Vivian says, oh, Arthur, you're such a card. Oh, no, she didn't. She did not say she that shit. Mm-hmm. While the ladies continue to laugh, Arthur gets serious now and shouts, Vivian, you're getting hysterical. Slap yourself. Which <laughs> 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 makes these podcasters roar in laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian Vivian just laughs, jokingly slaps herself, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'm just like a serious tone. Vivian, slap yourself. Like, like he's <laughs> commanding an order. See, what, it reminded me of Little Shop of Horrors where she's like, you're getting hysterical. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. And here's the scene where the way she laughed, uh, Mirathur's face looked just like your mom. Oh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Once again, shut the fuck up with food in your mouth. <laughs> Holy shit. It's not that hard. Like you shouldn't even re- as many tastes as they probably have to take. They shouldn't be eating for real anyways. <laughs> right. That's what I was noticing that too. Like I was like, oh my God, they're really eating. But why are they yeah. acting drunk? I know they, they were acting like they were high yeah. or like drunk or whatever. But yeah. Okay. Mm. Scene 15. Back at the station, Arthur looks at the phone in disbelief and says, she hung up. Walter says, probably to slap herself. (laughs) That was very funny. (laughs) The officer says, all right, Laurel and Hardy, that's it. In you go. As they walk back into the cell, Arthur says, how dare you call us Laurel and Hardy? I'm a prominent doctor. And he's, but the officer just slams the cell door shut and walks away. Without the keys. (laughs) <laughs> Arthur, not happy about the situation, looks at Walter and says, this is another fine mess you've gotten us into. <laughs> I thought that was really funny because he says it's so serious. Yeah. <sighs> he then loses grip and says, Walter, don't you see what's happening? Nobody will listen to us. We're nameless, faceless nobodies. Walter says, you idiot. That's what we've been trying to tell you all along. The inmate says, that's right, sweetheart. <laughs> Arthur then walks over to the bars and shouts, let us out of here. You can't keep us behind bars. We're not animals. We're Laurel and Hardy. 
Just then the officer comes out of the back room. Arthur sees him and says, I'll do anything. I'll give you anything. Uh, a free operation. Tonsils? Appendix? Uh, oh, a hair transplant. <laughs> the officer looks around and asks, is that a bribe? Arthur shouts, yes. The officer thinks about it for a second and then says, no. And then walks back into the back room. <laughs> that was, a, for those that don't know, that was a Laurel Hardy reference when he says, uh, another fine mess you've gotten this into. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, why are they only calling their wives? Do they not have any other family or friends or anything? Like, uh, you know I what I mean? Like, I would probably call, I don't know, either Megan's mom or one of my siblings or something and be like, can you get a hold of Megan and tell her to calm the fuck down and get me out of jail? Like, she doesn't believe I'm in jail. She doesn't believe me. So then when she starts getting phone calls from other people, like, Hey, you, you realize they're really in jail, right? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, Hmm, it didn't work two times already. Let me call her again. She might listen this time or call somebody else. Call your boss, call your friend, call your brother, anything. <laughs> right. Anyways. Scene 16. Just then Walter tries to console Arthur as he says, Arthur, Arthur, please, this isn't going to help. Don't panic. Arthur barks back. I've got more reason to be panicking than you have, Walter. I'm a prominent physician. I've got wonderful practice and a wife who loves me. All you got is that stupid business and Maud. <laughs> Shit. No, he did. Hell yeah. Walter says, if you were in your right mind, I'd punch you in the nose. <laughs> Arthur says, sure. Kick a man when he's down. Walter hmm. asks, Arthur, why are we arguing like this? We should stick together. Arthur says, oh, stick together yourself. Oh, Holy shit. shit. Did. That's right up there with saying F you. <laughs> Arthur then goes over to the bars and says to himself, I was always a good boy. <laughs> people always looked up to me. Even the families of people that died on the operating table. Mm -hmm. Walter says, Arthur, please, you're making things worse. Arthur says, what could be worse than being in jail? We could be in here two years, three years, more years. You said yourself that some kid in Texas got 25 years. The inmate says, yeah, but he was black and you're probably mm. only get 10. <laughs> Arthur thinks out loud as he says, what's going to become of me? I can't sit here and rot for the rest of my life. I'll be so old that Vivian won't even recognize me. And she'll be so old that I won't even care. Mm -hmm. He pauses for a second and then stands up and shouts, I can't take it. Let me out of here. Arthur then grabs the pillow and blankets off the racks and tosses them about. <laughs> tosses them about. <laughs> Man, you should have saw attack, Megan. He was so pissed. He grabbed a glass and tossed it about. <laughs> <sighs> man when people hear this episode they're gonna get so when when we were late people were angry and they tossed things about <laughs> walter <laughs> like my writing yeah walter <laughs> tries to stop him and subdue him once the inmate realizes that arthur isn't calming down anytime soon he now stands up and walks over to the bars and shouts something yeah i couldn't understand him either i couldn't make out what it was <laughs> So I must have played that over and over like 40, 50 times. It seems like I was like, what is he yelling? <laughs> so Walter walks over to him at the bars and asks, come on for crying out loud. Will you help me? The man says, not me, man. I ain't going to get involved. <sighs> so yeah, <laughs> when I write this, I write my thought at the time 
not having watched the episode. So my note is, does this ever really fucking work? Really? Like other <laughs> cops are going to be like, all right, calm the fuck down and get out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We shall see. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Scene 17. Just then, Arthur grabs a cup and begins to run them up and down the bars and shouts, rape, rape, Jesus. rape. I know, it's a bit extreme, don't you think? Mm-hmm. The officer finally comes out from the back room as Arthur says, rape. The inmate says, I didn't touch him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the officer opens the cell and sees that it's completely thrown about. <laughs> <laughs> he looks around and asks, what are you doing in here? Arthur says, police brutality. He's going to hit us, Walter. <laughs> the officer asks, what are you... What do you reckon my jail for? Do you realize that somebody's going to have to clean that up? (laughs) The officer then looks around at the damage and picks up a pillow that had been ripped and the feathers pulled out. He sadly says, You ripped up the throw pillows. My wife made me for Christmas. You. Get out of here. Arthur and Walter just stand there, unsure of what they just heard. (laughs) Walter asks, what? The officer says, if you think I'm going to put up with you guys, you're nuts. This is, this is New York all over again. You are the worst prisoners I've ever seen in my life. He turns to the other inmate and asks, right? (laughs) The inmate says, right. The officer pulls out the speeding ticket from his pocket and says, here, take your lousy speeding ticket and get out of my life. Oh, damn. I forgot to mention he tears it up. The inmate repeats, right. The officer reaches into his other pocket and says, now where's that joint? He pulls it out, shows it to them, and dumps it in the toilet and flushes it. He says, there. Now I got nothing on you. The inmate sees this act and shouts, no. The officer asks the inmate, now you didn't see any evidence, right? The inmate says, Why'd you do that? I could have smoked it faster than that. Hmm. <laughs> Man, nothing, nothing like a like a good rape joke on prime television. <laughs> Man, that's. Whew. Man, that was topical shit. Yeah. That's just. Yeah, the fucking rape. <laughs> God, Jesus. All right. <clears throat> Scene eighteen. Arthur and Walter now back out of the jail cell and say. Thank you, officer. Thank you. Thank you. The officer shouts, now stop thanking me and go. As Walter and Arthur run out of the station, the inmate now begins to walk out of the jail too. And the officer shouts, in. The inmate asks, this ain't jail amnesty? The Hmm. officer shuts the door to the cell and says, no, you're a model prisoner. And then Hmm. walks off. The inmate, not happy to hear that, walks back over to his cot and sits down. He pulls out the notebook and begins to write, Dear President Ford. (laughs) He's going to ask for a pardon. Oh, man. Because he's pardoning everybody these days. It's Ford. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) come on. He's a pardoning fool. I don't get that joke. Um, Either. Yeah, this episode had a, a couple of jokes in it that, I mean, I don't get offended easily. They didn't bother me or offend me. But... What's what's kind of fucked up about it? Well, first of all, the rape joke. 
that's yeah. pretty insensitive, but I, I understand the time, you know, they're talking about, you know, jail and stuff like that. But like all the jokes about him being black and police brutality and things being unfair, what's kind of fucked up mm. is that stuff was, was pretty much true back then. And, and it was just said as a joke on a TV show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it was said almost like in a way that, Oh, here this guy is bitching about, you know, you know, things not being equal. You know, that's kind of the tone of it. You know what I mean? It's kind of fucked up. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just listening to it wrong. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I don't no. know. I mean, I told you in the beginning of the show tackles that kind of stuff, suicide and all kinds of, right. I, I read too, that it was like an episode where Walter is like contemplating suicide oh, wow. in an episode. Yeah. But I mean, I hope maybe I just, I'm, I heard it wrong, but I'm really hoping that, you know, that, they weren't making fun of, of people saying that, you know what I mean? And I know this is a long time ago, 73. I mean, that what me or 74, 74. rather 70, I mean, 74 ain't that long ago. You know what I mean? Like it's, it was really, yeah, it really wasn't that long at like, all. If you think about it, like it's no, cause I mean, if you're thinking about like, this is like April. So this year doesn't even really count. Right. Exactly. And then like, you know, well, I mean, well, plus like the eighties, eighties sucks. So you can't even count the whole decade. So really it was only like 20 years ago. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a that joke. Joke because I was born in seventy four. Um, people that aren't <laughs> yeah. catching on, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, di- I didn't quite know how to take the jokes because I wasn't sure if they were making fun of <clears throat> people that claimed that at the time, or if they were making fun of the police because they thought it was true. So I don't know. It just kind of yeah. kind of made me uncomfortable because I didn't know how the tone of it. I didn't only seeing one episode. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. So anybody out there, like if you guys think I'm being too, too sensitive, just be like, come on, man, just man up. It's not that bad. You know? <laughs> but otherwise, if, if you think I'm on the right track, then, you know, you know, feel free to obviously tell me yep. it's nice to be told you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so, well, I mean, so what do you think? Do you think the same way or no? Or did you just kind of take them at no, face I value? Definitely, they definitely wanted to remain topical on the show. You can tell because right. they brought up a lot of, political topics and stuff that were of the time. Right. Um, so I think they want, the, they like the edge. Okay. If you do it on purpose. Well, like an so. Archie Bunker, like a lot of people back in the day thought Archie Bunker was just a really racist show, but it was them making fun of that was kind mm-hmm. of the show because you had the voice of reason with his daughter and with her boyfriend meathead and, and with yeah. even his wife and stuff like that. Um, so maybe that's how they meant it with this. Maybe they're kind of, you know, yeah. I mean, they, even Walter is like the voice of reason too. He's like, right. "How could you be so thick? Like, why do you think like that?" Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That yeah. was a good one. <laughs> 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 yeah. <clears throat> All right. So I do have an email to read. Okay. This comes to us from you know Julia Cox. Julia who? Cox. Okay. All right. <laughs> so she hit us up again. She goes, hi, guys. Hi. Just a quick comment about how you remembered Mr. Drummond speaking with a British accent. Yeah. I remembered that, too. Uh, right? Is this one of those, what do they call it? Um, This is what's known as the Mandela effect. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is, Mandela effect. Yeah, yeah. And then she explains it where a huge amount of people remember a fact, but remember incorrectly. Right. And she sent a little link. Um, pretty interesting, don't you think? Yeah. I could swear the name was Smokey the Bear, and it was changed to Smokey Bear. Apparently, I'm wrong. Yeah, I thought it was Smokey the Bear, too. I remember it as, a, as Smokey Bear. 
Because it always even the their slogan was "Smoky Bear says only you can prevent forest mm. fires." Hmm. Anyway, love, love, love you, and how you are focusing on individual shows rather than a series. Right. Just an idea. Maybe have listeners suggest specific episodes so you don't end up with a show that isn't really a good representation of the series. That's what I had thought of, but tax like fuck that. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Yeah, we, we, we had mentioned that um, idea for sure. He says, uh, "Thanks again for filling my life with laughter, hmm. Julia." Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's like I remember a movie um that Shaq did where he played a genie, and a lot of people are like, "Oh no, that was Sinbad." I'm like I don't remember any movie with Sinbad as a genie, <laughs> right? Um, but I remember Shaq being a genie. So Shazam. Yeah, Shazam. Um, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. saw um, we saw Sinbad at the King Center down here in Melbourne in concert. Hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to, I just want to say that. Cool, cool. All right, Julie. Well, thanks for writing in. We appreciate. it. We always love hearing from you. Well, I mean, well, hold on a second. Sorry. Um, see, I, I, me and Tech had thought about that, and we had even tossed around the idea of like, okay, maybe the last episode of every month is. Uh, fan suggestion um we did we didn't want it to get to the point where it was overburdening the listeners you know where it's like oh shit it's time for us to you know because on (laughs) on another podcast they have apps that go along with the podcast and you can vote topics and all that kind of stuff and yeah uh, that's all well and good but we didn't want to like burden the listeners but yeah we could do that like maybe once you know maybe two or three times a season we'll have a, a fan suggested episode yeah so if you guys have any ideas Shoot them out to us at everybodypodcast at gmail.com. I think we should um, make Miss Cox uh, put her, her money where her mouth is. Oh, and, shit. Uh, well, I just I really just want to use Cox and mouth in the same sense. Um, <laughs> but um, I think we should uh, ma- make her put her money where her mouth is. And uh, let's hear what you got to suggest, Miss mm-hmm. Julia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hear it. Talk is cheap. Well, no, not really, because we're asking you to talk. Um but yeah, I, 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 we, we kind of want to hear what you have to offer. Let's let's see what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, it's good to hear from you again, Julie. We love of course, hearing yeah. from you. We appreciate Always. it. And uh, Julie, as you know, you know what we did here. We had a good yes. time tonight. And remember, do love these shows. It's just all about good times and the laughs. And also, as usual, we would also like to personally thank our producers from Patreon, because without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. And we always... Give a shout out to Jenny and Jim because they're the greatest and they're the ones that, that supported us in the very beginning and um, they were the first to do it. And uh, so they're always going to get a, a shout out from us uh, because they're two awesome people and I can't wait to meet them face to face. So how about that? Yeah. they so. ain't. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to hand out some homework. Hell yeah. First one is check out the website. At com. Second, take your little fingers and do a little rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, CastBox, Audible, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Hell, do it on all of them. Mm-hmm. But also remember that if you do a rate and review, mm-hmm. you have to try to insert the word hubcap. Oh, yeah, that's right. That lets us know that you're listening. So. We've already had a couple people do it already. Hell, yeah, we have, because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing is to... Take your little fingers and then use it to open your little mouth and tell two friends <laughs> about the show. Unless you tell them online, then you can use your fingers. Oh, yeah. You can do it that way, yeah. too. 
<laughs> Third, don't let those fingers rest. Don't put them in your pockets. <laughs> Take them and send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very Brady podcast at gmail.com. Or if you have a sh- an episode idea, I'm like, hey, you guys should really do. Yes. Um, Fucking Small Wonder, season two, episode three, where Vicky um, changes the neighbor's car to run on 200 miles a gallon, which actual episode I remember. I, w- I want to hear what, what Miss Cox has to say. True that. Uh-uh, why you do that? Hmm. Also, join the Facebook group and join in on the conversations and all the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, if you're like, man, these producers seem so cool. Like mm-hmm. they just, they seem like cool people. I want to be like them. Well, if you would like to be a producer, check out Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. And mm-hmm. they have cool setups where, you know, depending on what um, tier you do, sometimes you get like a mug, sometimes you get a sticker, you get a shirt, you get whatever. So that's kind of mm-hmm. neat. It's merchandise that's not available anywhere else. It's true that. Mm-hmm. Also, check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Yes. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates like if we happen to change the release day. Which is a Friday now. Yes. So. We're switching to Fridays because of our schedules at work and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Boring. I know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but all that kind of stuff happens through uh, Facebook, both the group and our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Also, go check out the Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. Check out our shop with our affiliate link at www.averybodypodcast.com slash shop. It's a great way to support the show. Also, another great way to support the show is check out our Tee Public store for more merch. Yes. Link is in the description of this episode. And I'm liking the idea more and more of doing another t-shirt contest. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it, but I would love to do another shirt contest. Sure, sure. So again, like for the, for the, for those of you who are still with us, the cool people, um, mm-hmm. basically the premise of it is, I know I've explained it before, but there might be one or two new people. Um, the, basically the premise is you come up with a shirt design. You don't have to have any kind of artistic abilities or nothing like that. You just email the show an audio message to the show. If you don't have any kind of dedicated audio thing, you can just take a selfie video if you want and just, just to communicate with us. And explain the idea to us in as much detail as you feel like explaining. But the rules are that it's got to be an inside joke with the podcast that only a listener would get. Mm-hmm. So it can't be like, you know, Carol Brady is the best, you know, or whatever, because everybody <laughs> knows who Carol Brady is. Uh, so it's got to be some sort of inside joke, you know, that um, that only listeners would understand. Indeed. So, yeah. So, to, so basically... Um, if whatever the the winning idea is that we like the most, uh, then it gets produced into a shirt, goes on to our, our T public merch store, and then the winner gets a free copy of that shirt. So you get a shirt with your design on it. Hell yeah. Anyways, that's the contest, and we're thinking about doing it again. If you guys are interested, let us know. Indeed. Also, we went ahead and tried a new app called Clapper. It's kind of like TikTok. It's like the legal version of TikTok. Um, <laughs> so if you're on it, Check us out at A Very Brady Podcast. Indeed. In fact, I'm shooting a clapper video right now. Oh, damn. And we're on the show. Oh, damn. But I'm shooting it right now. Oh, damn. So when you watch this on clapper, you're going to hear this right now. You can't hear Jimmy, but you can hear me. Yes. I can show Jimmy, though, I think. I can turn the the camera around. No. You go like this. And I think Jimmy's there. Jimmy, wave. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, there we go. There's Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, but most importantly, go check out Classic at Comic Television, and Jimmy yes. here is going to tell us what to watch next. On the next episode, it's going to be picked random, which we Ooh. do now because we think it's awesome. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to – we have a spreadsheet that has numbers next to every single series, and uh, we have a random number generator that we use, and it's going to randomly pick a series – and that is the series that we're going to go for next week. And then we pick the show and the episode the same way. So tax pulling up the website now. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So I'm going to click the random number generator. Give me countdown, Jimmy. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Randomize. And your number is 11, which tells 11. me your episode is, or your series is, I love Lucy. I love Lucy. Wow. Which is the first one to stream on Paramount Plus. Very nice. Okay. So how many seasons did I love Lucy have? Okay. So I love Lucy had six seasons. Six seasons. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So put that one through six in the old random number generator. And Jimmy, give me countdown. Three, two, one, go. Your number is One. One. So season one has 35 episodes in it. Okay. And so we're going to hit the old randomizer again. Here we go. Give me a countdown. Three, two, one, go. And your episode number is 26. 26. So that is. So season one, episode 26. The Marriage License is the name of the episode. Okay. So here we have it. And if you'd like me to read the quick little synopsis, it says, when Lucy finds a misspelling on her marriage license, she believes her marriage to Ricky isn't legal. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, that could be bad. So that is the next episode. It's available to stream on Paramount Plus. So, uh, yes. So unless you have anything else? Um, I do not. No. Okay. In that case, I've been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.